0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles today to the book of Genesis, to the book of Genesis, um, I'm so sorry, what am I thinking? To the book of Galatians, all of you are already in Galatians, you're like, where is it going now? I thought we was in, I thought we'd been in Galatians, Galatians 5, Galatians 5. Verse number thirteen. I was just testing you. That's all. I was just checking to see if you've had your coffee this morning. It's obvious I've only had one cup, and I'm a two cupper. I need a second. Galatians five, verse number thirteen. Someone asked me recently, and I want to. I want to help some of you. Uh, one of our elders asked me recently on a Sunday, "What, what, what, what version of the Bible do you do you teach out of?" I'll be very honest with you. Uh, my Bible that I that I work out of is is King James version of the of the Scripture. Uh, I have become very very comfortable knowing, and, and, and I don't expect all of you. You you're you're laying uh, wire at jobs every day. You're teaching school. You're 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 running businesses. You're you know, you, you, your day may not look like my day. I have the luxury of sitting in an office and, and studying a lot. But how I do things is I have my, my kind of my reset button is King James version of Scripture. But I've become very comfortable at looking and seeing how, how these different translations bring a little different light to truth. And when I say truth, I mean the Word of God, not a particular version. And uh, I want you to know that when, whenever we put our notes on our app, some of you use the app, some of you don't. For those that may not even know what I'm talking about, on your smart device, if you'll go to the app store, you can download Calvary FTW. And my sermon notes are there. And I try my very best to always make sure that you're aware of, of the version that I'm reading from. So if if what I'm reading looks a little different than maybe your hardback Bible or whatever your smart devices open to. Uh, notice the little letters next to it, you know, NIV, New International Version, NLT, New Living Translation, MSG, uh, that's not that weird stuff put into your food, that's the message translation, TLB, The Living Bible, etc. cetera. So uh, I try my best to give you that information to kind of see where you're going. But, but if some of you are King James oriented, I promise you that's more than fine, and uh, you will see the, the connection with all of that. So this morning, we go back to our series text, Galatians 5, verses 13 through 15, reading from, the, from that weird thing put into your food, the MSG. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Don't frustrate the grace of God. Don't take the free grace of God and, and abuse it. Uh, I, was brought up, I was brought up with this statement. And, and when, when grace was taught in my home church as a kid, I loved how the preacher put a tagline on it. Grace is not permission to sin. Grace is not permission to sin. God forbid Paul says, "God forbid! That's not what grace is. Grace is just you not having to pay the penalty of death that your sin requires. Grace is the fact that Jesus did it for you. But being that He did it for you, don't frustrate that gift. Don't 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 take that gift, ball it up, and throw it away by by just going off and sinning and." And, and, and abusing what Jesus has done for you. Can I get an amen? He says, don't destroy your freedom. Use your freedom. Use this freedom to serve one another in love. Treat others the way Jesus has treated you. He's loved you. He's given to you. He cares for you. That's our response to our fellow man. That's how freedom grows For everything we know about God's word, summed up in a single sentence, love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. This morning, I want you to look over at Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. And this is where we're going today. My subtopic this morning is grateful for grace. I'm grateful for grace. And I'm grateful my friend Cora Hogan is in this early service today. Um, I love her so much. I got to tell a cute story while you're turning to Galatians 3. I called Brother Ben Hogan on Father's Day Sunday. I think I woke him up and I said, Hey, elder, I just, and I'm, I'm leaving this, 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 I'm trying to speak to him in this way. I said, I just, I love you. I'm leaving this message. I said, I love you and I want you to have a great Father's Day. Well, he called back and I got a voicemail that I have saved. I'm never deleting the voicemail. I got a voicemail from her wonderful husband, Brother Ben. Well, she wasn't moving quick enough to get to my phone. I missed you, Pastor. She wasn't moving quick enough to get to my phone. And then I hear Sister Cora in the background. Wish him happy Father's Day. What? Wish him happy Father's Day. Who? Pastor Tommy, wish him happy Father's Day. I've got it on recording. I'm not lying. And then he says, huh, happy Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I will save it forever. Cora, I'm glad you're in service today. I'm grateful for grace. Does anybody agree with that? Are you grateful for it? Are you grateful for it? Galatians three. Verses 1 through 3. And here's a good example of what I was saying a few minutes ago. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And for those that love, love to look at the King James, just look at the similarities, but yet the differences. Oh, you foolish Galatians. Now, here's the context. We have a saved group of men and women. They are saved. And now all of a sudden... They're running with a crowd that wants to pull them back to a religious lifestyle. They're in freedom. They've been saved by the love of God. And now all of a sudden, we see who has cast an evil spell on you. Now, when I read that, just the way it's said, my mind, because I've got two little daughters that grew up on Disney movies, my mind, I start thinking of an evil spell off a Disney movie with, with weird colors and weird words. So I actually dug a little deeper. And if you choose to dig a little deeper studying the Word of God, you can be blown away at some of the things that, that the Holy Spirit has revealed to, to, to wisdom. Okay? And this is actually... What that the closest thing that could be is who's giving you the evil eye? Who's giving you the old evil eye? Now you might ask, well, what's the evil eye? Have you ever been standing with somebody that 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 felt like you had done something wrong and they gave you the did your daddy ever give you the did your mama ever give you the but here's what's worse did brother or sister so and so ever give you the? Our church back home was ran by the ushers. I grew up in a church environment where the ushers were, they were substitute dads. The ushers, it was like they were given authority to like spank you. Could you imagine in today's world an usher in a church just wearing a kid out? I grew up in a church, honest to God. I'd get up. All I wanted to do was go to the bathroom. And an usher, I wouldn't even know who he was. An usher would go, sit down. And I'm like, what? And he had that special green sport coat with brass buttons with his name tag. He identified himself as the usher. And the usher said, sit down. And he gave me that old evil eye. And, buddy, let me tell you something. You may have been 12, but you sat your honey down when the usher told you to sit down. It's one thing for a mom, a dad, a friend. But there's a certain evil eye that comes in religious people. They give you an evil eye. And here this group, this people group that are living in freedom, they're living in grace. Who's giving you the evil eye? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Jesus Christ. So how foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Let me tell you what that evil eye is. That evil eye is when somebody thinks their human effort is better than your human effort. When they think they pray more than you. They think they sing better than you. They think they clap louder than you. They think they give more than you. They think they show up more than you. They think they love more than you. So whenever they look at themselves and you, they go and they feel like their human effort is better than your human effort, and little do you know, and I know, and they know, but we all need to know that we're not made right with God by our human effort. I need a louder 830 amen than that. Thank you. You're not made right with human effort. The law that was established as a real good starting point, a guideline, uh, the, the law that was created through Moses' ministry, it never got us closer to God. Why? Well, it's real easy. If you'll look over in Galatians 3, once again, verse 10, it tells us the secret of why the law never really was, was, was fulfilled by humanity. And it says, all, that's you and me and anyone before us, All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. A curse, that's that's strong. Why? Because cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Now, I'm going to give all of our ancestors in Scripture and maybe even in our family line, I'm going to give us all an applause. We got a few things right in the law. We, we did. We got a few things mastered. The problem is we don't get to pick and choose out of the law what we master. How do we know? Because James chapter 2 verse 10 says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Are you following this? then was there a point in the law anyway? Yeah, yeah. You hear me preach a lot that I'm grateful for grace, but can I tell you something? The only reason we're in grace is because there was a law. A lot of people in this dispensation of grace, you might hear a lot of people that are living in freedom bash and badmouth the law. Can I just tell you something? It was the law that was instituted through Moses' ministry that got us to the point of recognizing that we we had grace. Now, I'm going to stretch some of you. Some of you, man, some of you need another cup of coffee to get this. Can I tell you that God, God gave the law? A lot of people feel, well, that must have been some church back then. No, God implemented the law. And then God realized, these people want to so bad, but they just don't have the capacity to do it all. And it was just another beautiful it was just another beautiful eye-opener that there is the Creator, and there is creation. There is God, and there are people, and we need him we need him in our lives the law is what led us to grace the bible goes on to tell us in galatians 3 again but verse 19 then what then what was the purpose of the law if you'll look over at verses 24 and 25 you'll see it the law was put in charge to lead us to christ that we might be justified by faith Now that faith has come, now that Jesus has come, now that faith has come, we're no longer under the supervision of the law. That verse 24, here's a good teaching opportunity to show you New Living Translation, NLT, for some of you that are interested. It would say it this way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God Through faith. You got to understand. It didn't require faith to live by the law. Living by the law. Simply required lining up. It required effort. It required obedience. And there's not one ever. Other than Jesus Christ. That could live a full obedient perfected life. But Jesus did. He obeyed the will of God. Jesus did. He took his perfection to the cross. He made us right with God where the law stumbled. Or if you would prefer, where we stumbled in the law. Everybody okay this morning? Watch this as we get a little closer here. Christianity is not a learned behavior. You don't come to Jesus to learn how to be to be good. It's not a learned behavior. Christianity is a transformation. Now I'm gonna reach back and, and I need some of the, I, I, I say it respectfully, but I need some old timers to amen me on this right here. When you came to Jesus, when you came to Jesus, you were changed. Now, I'm a, I'll preach uphill all day if y'all need me to. But some of you need to understand what I'm talking about. There's, a, there's, a, there's an idea today that you come to Christianity now, you come to Jesus now, and, and, and it's, a, it's like an exercise program or it's like a master's study. You come to Christianity now to learn how to improve your life No, you come to Jesus to get changed. You don't come to Jesus and give your life to Jesus and there not be a transformation. All you did was come to a church service. And there's a confusion now in our modern culture, in our Christian modern culture. There's a confusion of what is Christianity? Is Christianity, uh, you know, coming and being a part of a church? No, that's part of the discipline, but being a Christian is crucifying the old man that you used to be. Crucifying the flesh yourself. Crucifying yourself against the world. You are no longer yourself. You've been changed. The blood of the Lamb has forgiven you and washed you of your sins. You've been made new. The old Tommy doesn't exist. I'm a new person. So I gotta walk different. I gotta talk different. I gotta act different. Do I stumble at times? Maybe. Thank God for grace. But I can't just say I'm. I'm, I, I signed my name on a card and I'm going to heaven. Am I changed? Oh, I can't wait to preach all three of these services today. It frustrates a preacher. When someone comes and accepts Jesus Christ in their life, and the very next day is no different than the day before, it makes you wonder did, did the gospel message really get into their heart? Now, this is where it's a little different than what the law produced. The law said you got to change before you get close to God. Grace says, "Get close to God and allow the changes to begin to be manifest." Christianity is not a learned behavior. It's a life transformation, And Christianity, everybody, everybody don't miss this. Look at me real quick. Christianity does not ask you to be right. It makes you right. I'm going to say that again. Some of you need to write it down. Share it with your kids because your kids don't want to come to church because somebody's told them that they had to get right before they can come to church. That's not Christianity. Christianity doesn't ever ask you to be right. Jesus is right. You'll never be right outside of Jesus. Christianity doesn't ask you to be right. Christianity makes you right. Right? It's 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 like steering a ship, taking a lot of us from the from the indoctrination of, of of we have to perform and that we have to get it right every single day or we're out of relationship with God. It's like it's like a steering a ship in a in a real big ocean. Some of us are we're making progress. But can I tell you something? It'll still get a hold of your brain and it get a hold of your mind and it'll creep in and make you think, I'm not right with God because of that thought that I just had. What you need to do is channel those thoughts and how Jesus makes you right. One thing we're determined to do here at Calvary Church is to keep the front doors of this church, the entrance doors, really big. The gospel message is to whosoever will, not just the perfect, not just to the wealthy, not just to those that have it together. Most of those don't have it together. The front doors of Calvary Church should be as big and wide as the darkest of sinner and allow whosoever will to come to know Jesus because it's in Christ that we're made right. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me teach you about grace real quick today. Some of, you don't, some of you need bullet points for your coffee discussion with your coworker. Let me give you a few points on grace. Number one, grace is a free gift. It's a free gift. The Bible says the wages of sin, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Everyone say death. Where there's sin, something's got to die. And that's not cute and pretty. Something must die. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. If something had to die, thank the Lord it was Jesus that died. To make you right with God. Grace is a free gift. Some of you in the room that are maybe my age or a little older, you might remember the commercial. You might remember the the firm Smith Barney. You remember their commercial? We make money the old fashioned way. We earn it. And boy, they were so proud. We, We make money the old fashioned way. Listen to me, everybody. There's a lot of churches we're old fashioned. We earn our salvation. Good luck. You can't earn it. God's grace is a free gift to whosoever will. Number two, grace is received by faith. It's received by faith. Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works or you'd be bragging about it. Faith is not a believe in step. Faith is a trust in step. You realize that Satan believes in God? God. You believe demons believe in God? The Bible says they do. Demons believe in God. Satan believes in God. Faith is not a believe in, faith is a trust in. Grace is a free gift, it's received by one and one only step. Like we said in the early song, it's a move. You have to play your hand by faith. Receive the grace of God. Thirdly, grace is available to who? Who? Everyone. Grace is available to who? Everyone. It's available to the black community. White community. Grace is available to the old southern conservative. It's grace is available to the west coast liberal grace is available to whosoever will can i stretch some of you today can i pull on this old this 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 old mindset of 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 humanity can i pull on some of us that have grown up around the church a little bit grace is available to the murderer to the rapist grace is available to the thief grace is available to the liar Grace is available to the adulterer. Grace is available to the pedophile. Grace is available to the, to the dark hair, to the blonde hair. Grace is available to those with farmer's tan, also known as golf tan. Grace is available to you name it. Everyone. How's it received? By faith. What's it cost me? Faith. free your sins can be forgiven free of charge to you you know there's there's a mindset that hell is somewhere that God sends people he doesn't like God what's hell for mama well hell's where people go that God God's upset with they did him wrong no hell is is a, is, a, is a little place that's reserved it's set aside for anybody and everybody that just chooses to pay their own sin debt but heaven exists for anybody and everybody that chooses to let Jesus payment cover the tab grace is free it's received by faith and it's for everyone and then two more for you Grace comes through Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 17, the law was given through Moses. where did that law come? It came from God through Moses. Well, where does grace come? It comes from God through Jesus. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Notice grace and truth. And then fourthly and finally, grace is extended Is it just for today? No, grace is for eternity. Your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life for eternity. What is the result of grace as I close? The book of Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared and it offers salvation to all people. It, it, grace, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Grace teaches us to say no to worldly passions. Grace teaches us to say no to those things, but it also equips us to live a self-controlled, upright, godly life. Want me to tell you what grace is? Look at me, everybody. Grace is when what you ought to do becomes what you want to do without being forced to do it grace is what you ought to do has become what you want to do without being forced to do it stay